You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Yo, don't hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Okay, so it's been a while since we've had an almost therapy uh, episode. We've been so busy covering COVID-19, and we've had a lot of special guests on the show. And Christy, explain what almost therapy is. What's the difference in whenever we have a guest on the show and whenever it's an almost therapy episode? I think our original intent and our current intent um, was to at some point break off and just talk about things that, you know, mental health issues that come up and how we handle those in therapy. So when we have guests, we always make the connection in what they do and the connection to mental health. But this is more about in-depth in therapy, and I kind of come from a position of if I had you in my office and you were coming and talking to me about this. So I think that's important that people know that's what it's kind of like. And also this is a COVID edition almost therapy because this topic is a little, uh, the subject matter is heightened. Yes. The emotional quotient is heightened by the current situation we're in and the lovely year of 2020. <laughs> and Melanie named this angry at 2020. Angry. <laughs> A lot of people are angry at 2020. What What is anger? What does that mean, Christy? What? How does anger manifest? Okay, so anger is a naturally occurring emotion, and it's one of the things that we learn whenever we're very, very young. You know, we have happy, sad, mad, glad. Those are kind of the first emotions that you learn in your developing ages, you know. So by the time you're three years old, you know, even if they talk about the terrible twos, at three, you really understand what being angry or upset is. It's not just, I'm so angry, you know, something like that. It's really about that. So it's a naturally occurring emotion, and it usually happens whenever there's a perceived threat, a perceived Lot or something that goes against something that you believe is fair or just. And that's whenever you have a problem with anger. And, it, and what we want to do is like recognize that it's okay to be angry, but it's how you respond, react, how you present yourself with your anger. And what are some examples of anger related to COVID-19, Melanie? Oh, my goodness. I think the first one that comes to mind is social media. Because if you go through and you look and you see what people are posting, we have a lot going on, obviously, Uh, whether it had to do with the pandemic or some of the protests or all of our world events that are going on right now. You have all of these uh, vastly opposing uh, viewpoints and people are a little bit more open to discussion and comments. And it's it's hard to watch people argue, whether it's. I mean, it's hard to watch people argue in person, but it's certainly hard to watch, read all the comments, and then you see videos posted, and I think it gets you going. And mm-hmm. taking in all that negativity is very difficult. So I think it, it makes us mad, you know? 
And I think right, it's mad. I think right now with everything that's going on, people feel like, oh, I, this, you know, I've got this grace period in which I can say or be or do anything I want to. And people are going to go, oh, it's because of, you know, COVID and because we've all been locked away. And I, I look at it as people are opportunistic and they're just taking this time to, to put things out there either to stir the pot mm-hmm. or just to be able to kind of rant in a way that they wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the issues that you've seen, Christy, during your telecounseling? It's mm-hmm. telecounseling, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't the, teletherapy, okay. telecounseling. Teletherapy. Yeah. What are some of the issues that you've seen as far as like emotions that have come about during COVID-19? Well, the two main emotions that we've seen the most are anger. Um, and because it's almost always easy to say, I'm just so angry. And then the other one is grief. I mean, you know, because we've our lives have not been what they normally were. We've not been able to see the people we wanted to see or do the things we're used to seeing or even feel like we're, you know, fully functioning at work or being as productive as we want. So um, I just think a lot of people, and especially males, can sometimes turn to just being angry because they don't have to worry about really digging deep to say exactly what that is. Just so angry or I'm pissed. Can you talk more about that? What, you know, if, what if you don't like to show emotions? That makes me think of when somebody will say, I don't cry. If I, yeah. if I cry, it's because I'm angry. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. like yeah. you're not allowed to have the other emotions because it's sort of a sign of weakness. But anger is acceptable on some mm-hmm. level, right? It, it, I mean, it is. Yeah. We don't want it to be, but it is. But so, you know, whenever you want to kind of dig deeper, and that's what we want people to come to therapy for, whenever they, if somebody that's close to you that you trust tells you, it appears as though you're angry more often, or it's kind of reached another level at which you're really being verbal with it, or it's become physical or whatever. Um, you know, Melanie and I talked about this earlier today. I said, sometimes you take your anger out on the people that you love mm-hmm. and trust at a time when we want you to be able to turn to the people that you love and trust for them to be able to tell you you've reached a level that I think that we need to reach out for help. So what we need to do is look and determine, is this something that's embedded in something that's happened in the past? And it's just now coming out because we're all facing things that, you know, traumas that may have happened in the past or or times that we were denied something because, uh, you know, for whatever reason. So we want to be able to come in and we'll say, what's really going on? Let's look at it and can you come up with some emotional vocabulary words that would say something other than I'm so angry, I'm frustrated, I was embarrassed, I'm scared, I'm lonely, you know, I'm fearful of, you know, what my, what's going to happen with my family if I lose my job or we lose our house. So we want to equip people to come up with exactly what they're dealing with and that way we can focus. Just being angry and ticked off. It's like, okay, there's a million different things that could trigger you. How can we start working with you? But it's not anger that's bad. It's the way we handle the anger, right? It's It's just the the way our coping skills are and how Mm -hmm. we allow that to Mm -hmm. manifest itself and present itself and how we deal with people. Yeah, if you've got somebody that's approaching you on the street and it's going to, you know, rob your family or whatever, some anger is going to be a motivator to protect, you know, and it's kind of, that sometimes comes with that fight, flight, or freeze, you know, and, and that that is a good thing, you know, and anger can keep you from being taken advantage of. But once again, it's not, uh, there's, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum, being a little bit angry and being so angry that you lose control of your ability to rein yourself back in. That's, you know, we're looking at all along that spectrum. How does anger relate to stress? You mentioned sometimes you might be feeling angry and it's kind of a displaced emotion. Mm-hmm. So how, how does stress and anger go hand in hand? 
Well, if you do not relieve stress, and if it just keeps, you know, we always talk about the layering effect. If you just have more stress on top of more stress, and then your kids break a rule, or your wife spends too much money, or whatever, and it just layers, 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 your stress is, it's not going to be stress. I'm, it's no longer you're stressing me out. You're ticking me off, and I am angry, and I'm cutting up your cards, I'm grounding you, taking your phone. Everything is catastrophized. It's bigger whenever it becomes full-blown anger. Why is the wife the one doing it? <laughs> or the husband. Oh, yeah. she, Sorry. She's throwing some shade at you, Christy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just curious. Yeah. I don't know. So, I'm not a wife. It doesn't matter. So Whoever <laughs> spending too much money on makeup and shoes, whatever, whoever that might be. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, different scenarios that could come up, truly. Um, I always think of road rage mm-hmm. because that's something that uh, comes out a lot. And these days, I feel like... There's all kinds of different rage uh, things that we see mm-hmm. on video mm-hmm. online. So it's really it's really interesting and something we talked about earlier when we did our uh, little our session with Amanda Mason at, at KMID is we talked about um, how people are affected sometimes by the way their anger portrays itself in a public setting mm-hmm. and how it can affect. Your job or mm-hmm. your family life or, you know, your reputation. So we talked about some coping skills and how uh, Christy can help people through. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. One of the, what we'll start with most often, and, you know, anger management got such a negative connotation for a long time because it's like, you need anger management, you know, and there was all the movies made about getting anger management and all the buzzwords that you had to use to try to bring yourself down. The reality is everybody has to learn to manage all of their emotions or you can't function in society. Can you imagine just being able to go off and say whatever you want to, to whoever you want to, and not ever worry about what the, you know, consequence might be? So you have to learn to monitor and bring those in and have them at a safe level. So in therapy, we always say don't be a victim of your own self-destruction, right? So if you're hell-bent on self-destruction, then don't come back and say, I'm the victim. Uh, You know, have ownership of what you've done. After we say that, we take everybody through this whole thing. Is like, you know, let's talk about the, the psychosomatic or the physiological symptoms that having that much anger brings about. You know, your cortisol level goes up, you know, and then you know, what other things can happen. Your cholesterol can go high. Your blood pressure can go high. And any number of medical things that, that can go wrong. So if you look for a healthy outlet, Melanie is a runner, so she says she goes and runs. I don't run, so I turn on my music really, really loud and sing at the top of my lungs, you know, or in our ever condoned physical. That's what we talk something about. Something physical. Some, just to be able to, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if everyone had a punching bag in the mm-hmm. back, but yeah. that's why running, it's good for me because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just, I don't Let's know, running out. either on top of it or away from it, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm just counting running. it out. So, but then there's, you know, singing. There's singing. Yelling. There's, yelling can be good. Yeah, yell into your pillow. Yeah. If you, you know, get in your shower, yell, cry, do whatever it is. You know, and when we're talking about parent, talking to parents about kids, we're always like, let them have an outlet. When I was growing up, it was like, you better not. You better get control of yourself. 
you know, oh, what, heck yeah. get control. We're, we don't do that here. Yeah. We don't slam a door. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk back. We don't do some of those things. We don't scream in our pillow. Right. We have control. So give, let your child, equip your child with what they can do. I mean, can you go out? Can you run around the block? Can you hammer, you know, a nail into a piece of wood and pull it out and hammer it back in, you know, a jugging times? Do you let your kids slam their door? Do we? Know. Do we let kids slam the door? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, every parent has to decide what they're willing to put up with. Because if you let them slam the door, they may, like, at some point be strong enough to the door to come off the hinges. But if you just go in your room and you, that's just really the biggest act oh. of defiance when you're angry, that's a small thing. You know, that, that feels so hard to imagine letting your kids slam the door. Yeah. Oh, that never was allowed at my house because my dad would say, I'll take your door off your hand. Oh, <laughs> slam no. the door. I don't even want to. <laughs> I might try that at work. I, I don't think <laughs> I would be here today. Try that. But if you go in, if you just say, I'm angry, I'm going to my room and you give it a little extra shove, you know, or if you let them go in and punch a pillow or scream in a pillow instead of saying you better suck it up. And because then once again, we're teaching our kids to stuff your naturally occurring emotion so, so we need to own those emotions yep yeah we need to let ki- kids feel that or express them a little bit more mm-hmm. than maybe what we were that's mm-hmm. a that's a teaching lesson for me because that mm-hmm. feels a lot like disrespect which is very hard to let go of right or to understand where those boundaries are i have a scenario for you okay. um so let's think of thanksgiving holidays People getting together. Not everybody likes each other, right? It's My bad. blood pressure is rising. <laughs> Continue. Just thinking about it, you're like, oh, great. So and so is just bringing like drinks again. Thanks, you're you're awesome. Thanks they for up with us or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for bringing the ice. We've been cooking all night, but it's okay. And and don't bother to help clean up. I mean, right? Yeah. That's all the whole mm-hmm. thing. And then you've got family issues that come into play. You've got all these other people. So when someone talks to you, I've had friends that joke about, you know, I, I call my doctor, got some Xanax because Thanksgiving and just mm-hmm. the jokes. But what are your suggestions for people when they have family gatherings? We've also talked about how uh, at weddings or funerals, mm-hmm. there's all this heightened mm-hmm. emotion. And a lot of times it's anger mm-hmm. and it's anger. Old, uh, you know, old feuds come back up mm-hmm. and even childhood you know, mm-hmm. parent-child relationship dynamics are there. Just strange yeah. things. So how do you tell people to cope? Okay, so I want everybody to remember whatever your role was in your family system is what the role is you usually fall back in yes. whenever there's a family get-together. So if you were the one that always tried to keep the peace or you were the one that always caused the problem, you're mm-hmm. going to fall back into that, you know, which then makes everybody else fall into their role. So I always recommend when everything is going to happen that somebody be brave enough to say, things have been bad in the past. We w- I really would love for this family to have a nice Thanksgiving. So can we talk about, and Melanie, we've talked about this before, that we're not going to talk about each other's kids. We're not yes. going to talk about, you know, we're not going to talk about uh, politics, religion, some of those, just set some ground rules. And then if you have somebody that's not willing to follow those ground rules, then they're not really... Engaged. Engaged, yes. So it's almost you, ha- you have to have a, a pre-plan. You have to have a pre-plan. You know, and Here's then, everyone's menu, and then here are your rules. And you, you can sign off this. on that. Sign okay, sign. please sign before you enter. <laughs> that's the perfect world. So if you have somebody that's just coming in there and they're just determined, this is the first time we're all together since XYZ happened, and I'm going to have my say, then what you might say is, all right, there's a time and a place for that, and it is not right in the middle of dinner. 
Mm-hmm. So it, once again, it's all about trying to be responsible, mature, and not discounting. Because if people really have grievances that they want to talk about, but it's not it's not at dinner. Right. And not everybody needs to be a player. Your kids don't need to see it. Sure. I'm just like thinking that. this has always been an issue. It's always been a thing. But now 2020 has presented itself with a lot of heated mm-hmm. topics that are just, I mean, on an exponential level of we all feel very strongly about whatever it is our belief system is. So mm-hmm. I can imagine holidays this year are going to be it's interesting, be interesting. Yep. if we're allowed to gather. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's uh, it, it's good to have some armor there so that you know how to how to cope and how to handle and maybe take a step back, do a little grounding exercise. Mm-hmm. And then always say, as many different people are in this room, in the room is as many different opinions you're going to have about whether we should go back to work at, during COVID or whether mm-hmm. we should have, you know, done such and such, whatever. So everybody is entitled to their opinion. And as long as it's not causing physical harm to anyone else, you let them have their opinion. Because what usually happens is you try to, you start trying to convince somebody that you're, I'm right. My side or my way of thinking makes the most sense. That's never going to fly. Especially on social media. Exactly. I've never seen a mind changed. No. (laughs) Never. (laughs) You just send the congratulations little animated icon. Congratulations. (laughs) You changed your mind. Yes. Yeah. Well, my youngest son is very competitive. And whenever he would play basketball and stuff in high school, he would like throw his hands up in the air looking at the referee like, what do you mean? You know, whatever. So finally the referee, which he didn't have to, he could have thrown his butt right out of the game. He walked over and he just said, listen, you're an awesome basketball player. I love, you know, watching you play. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am never going to change a call that I've made because you throw your hands in the air. So oh, that's, that's <laughs> wasn't that a, it was a great nice. teaching yeah. moment. But, I mean, and it definitely changed the way he acted. So it was basically don't throw a fit and expect somebody to go, oh, yeah, you're right. How about you just say... We have different views. That doesn't mean we don't love each other and that we can't be together. But these topics really probably should be taken off the table. That's interesting. There's so many physical effects from anger. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy talks a lot about the fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that's interesting because, I don't know, I guess maybe we're all a little bit of both. Maybe mm-hmm. some of us are inclined one direction or the other, but gosh, fear, anxiety, excitement, mm-hmm. all of that is that Place. adrenaline yeah. that happens. But and then that's the stress hormones mm-hmm. and um, cortisol. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so so many different things. Heart rate, blood pressure. I guess you could uh, sweat. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're all we're all different, but mm-hmm. we all have. I think we all feel that physical. Experience I know, and Amanda earlier was talking about how she feels it in her throat. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I, my heart starts beating if I get angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can feel my heart. It's, yeah. You know. A lot of people recognize that, yes. right? Because your blood pressure does increase. Yeah. It immediately starts going, and that's cortisol and adrenaline. It's like, you know, preparing to fight your battle, right? True. So what we want to be able to do is teach people that not everything is a battle. So don't gear up for battle unless you have to. So find a way to bring that back down, whether it's breathing, whether it's walking away, whether it's leaving the house saying, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I've got to drive around, go to Sonic, get a Coke, but I'll be back and we can continue. But I'm losing control. And it's hard right now because we don't have those outlets. If you're starting to feel angry or stressed, a lot of people go to the gym or they Mm -hmm. they do a lot of things and you can't do that right now. No. 
Well, like, you can kind of, but do you want to? <laughs> Are gyms open like at seventy five percent? I think it's, lim- it's still really limited. Okay, I feel like it's hard. It's hard to congregate. It's hard to get yeah. together, and it's hard to like just get in that mental state where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling angry. I'm stressed today. I'm going to go mm-hmm. walk. I'm going to go run at the gym. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, how sanitary is this machine? You know, yeah, everything you, comes with fear. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we wanted to make sure people don't go, well, I can't do that. I'm going to go home and have a couple of beers or a couple of drinks. And then that might turn into something else. And then, you know, your level of being able, your, your inhibitions go away. And then you're. Then you're to, yeah. coping, not coping. Not coping anger. at all. It's like, I'm going to say whatever I want to say, you know. And then there's and, guilt. After, yeah. After exactly. That. Right. So it can lead to all uh, any number of things that are not healthy unless you figure out a way to express it in a good way. And you can. Have you seen um, situations where people have had this long-term anger and it's really affected them health-wise? Or Yes. Um, it, okay, so it's, I guess it was about two years ago um, that I got a call that one of my longer-term clients had had a heart attack and died and found out it was in the middle of yelling at his daughter about getting a speeding ticket. And it was literally, he was so angry because he, you know, that he just, like, basically had a heart attack. That's you know, like, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, Jeez. once again, those were, those were some layers and some years of things of not being able mm-hmm. to take it. And then being angry that your child got a speeding ticket is one thing, but being so angry that... You can't even take a breath in which to recognize that you're reaching a danger point. Mm-hmm. So um, it's 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 a real thing that it does happen. Is anger? I hope I can word this correctly. Is anger like a f- very forefront natural emotion, or does anger usually stem from another emotion? No, anger is a, a naturally occurring. It's it's basically one of the things. It's caveman. It is caveman. Mm-hmm. You're right, because you have to be able to fight off the dinosaur, right? Right. <laughs> so I would be I have pretty to, angry. Yeah, I have to be angry <laughs> enough to protect myself and my family, and that goes back to the fight, flight, or freeze. You know, am I going to run away from the dinosaur? Maybe if I think I can get away, but if if he's going to eat my family, I have to stay and fight. I can't freeze, or same thing thing happens. So it it can be good in certain situations. Um, and we want people to be aware that it can be good. And when it's a motivator for change, it can be good. But when it's destructive or self-sabotaging or physically damaging or hurtful to another person, it's, those are, that's kind of what we're talking about is, you know, we've got the anger at 2020, which kind of just simmers underneath. But for those people that if there's something else and then this triggers it and it turns more dangerous, we those are the people that we really need to call us because we can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Because there are people that kind of live in a state of mm-hmm. of anger, or another thing we talked about earlier was suppressing your anger. How how mm-hmm. dangerous that is! How there's a pendulum of two different mm-hmm. opposite ends. Like you are a person who's constantly angry and constantly, you know, you're the get off my lawn guy, or <laughs> you're the person that just isolates, yeah, yeah. just removes yourself from people, and um, that's not healthy either. Right. And some of those people are the ones who were taught as a child that showing any strong emotion was bad. And so they learned to stuff it. And at some point, the lid just gets ripped off. Pressure cooker. Pressure cooker. And it's going to all come out. Mm-hmm. So what, once again, whenever I keep using the analogy of the balloon that you have to have the relief valve or the, the volcano that whenever you notice the lava rising to the top, you've got to figure out a way to let it simmer down. Um, if you don't, at some point, that's going to blow or that balloon is going to pop and then there's going to be collateral damage from that so it's always better for us to be able to you know 
teach you a coping skill or a trick to relieve some of that pressure. So is that kind of step one to anger management? If, if a, someone comes to you with anger issues, mm-hmm. is that kind of step one to find out what's going on? We usually do a like an inventory, like a, it's called a hostility inventory, which makes it sound so much worse than it really is. But, um, you know, just to kind of see what their coping skills are in certain, you know, we give them scenarios and they say this is, you know, what would be likely to happen. So we want, we want to determine up front how, what level they're at. So if this is somebody that was always, every response was, I'm going to kick his butt, you know, or that's not one of them. But, it, you know, it's, it's the, the highest action level that there is. Then we know we've got our work cut out from for us because that's probably long term. Do you have an example of the scenarios you give? Um, one of those is like somebody cuts you off in traffic. Oh, good. You know what do you do? Do you chase them? You know, so a lot of people go. I chase them down. I ran. You know, I run. Try to run them off the road. People things really, like that. People really say that because mm-hmm. I've run into those people. If I ever cut you off, I tell. I promise you, it was an accident. Right. I don't do that on purpose. Right. Please leave me alone. I'm scared. We have a lot of people that are mandated to come for anger type management, you know, through um, courts or through if you want to keep your job, you will go for this or whatever. So they have to be pretty honest. And so we determine what kind of what your hostility level is. And so we know where to start. So and I forgot what the whole beginning. Oh, what are we going to do? When we start? First, that we, so we do the hostility inventory. We also talk about their previous coping skills. And we, then we talk to them about where do you feel it? What psychosomatic or what physiological symptom do you feel first? Melanie said she gets hers in her chest. Mm-hmm. Amanda got hers in her throat. I don't know where I get mine. I think mine's mostly in, you know, like a headache or something. I thought you were going to say your feet. I'm like, that's weird. It's, <laughs> it's my feet. I want to kick some. Yeah. But, you know, we, we talked to him. So then, because people will say that. It just, I just exploded. I don't know where it came. So what we need to do is walk them back a few paces and say, let's, let's look at this. First of all, you're kind of always simmering right below being really, really angry. So it doesn't take much to put you over. And, you know, your history of acting out on your anger is high. So whatever. And you've never been taught how to recognize the physiological symptoms before you get here. So we're going to talk to you about some of those things. And we'll even get out an outline of a, you know, like of a body and we'll say, Okay, let's think about where do you feel things. You know, a lot of people will clench their fist or, you know, they'll bite their lip or clench their jaw, you know, or tap, you know, shake their leg, something like that. So your body's giving you a warning sign or you might break out into a sweat. That's good information. Mm -hmm. So what would you what what's some basic advice you would give to someone who has. Who feels like anger is an issue, is a regular ongoing issue. Right. If you if you think it's an issue, it's beyond being an issue because usually we're the last per, <laughs> last people to recognize. People will go, you have seriously have an anger problem, you know, or your boss or your parents or your siblings or your spouse or somebody is you have a problem. So if you recognize it and come to us, you're, you know, own it and claim it and say, I want to make a change is the first sign of being able to recover from some of that. So we're not trying to take away your personality because that's what people say. I'm just known for popping off. I'm just known for being, you know, the one that's always saying the thing. Nobody. Okay, how about you don't be a victim of your own self-destruction? It's so funny to me when people say their personality is a certain way Mm -hmm. because I feel, to me, your personality is not your behavior necessarily. And sometimes it's the behavior that is Mm -hmm. not good, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit toxic. Mm-hmm. No. I can't remember. I cannot remember who the psychologist that said this, but they basically say we're hardwired from conception, and that is the framework of the picture. 
And so, like, if you're going to be an introvert or an extrovert or something like that, it's already predetermined. Wow. As at, at conception, but you get to color in the lines with your behavior. Ah. Uh, and so, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. That's what therapy does, right? Uh-huh. So we're going to take what we believe was your framework at conception. And then we can say if you're a little bit more prone to certain things, we're going to look and tr- we're going to try to determine has have things happened to you? Have you had traumas that mm-hmm. have caused you to be angry for protection? You know, did you live in Iraq or Afghanistan when you never knew whether a bomb was coming your way? So you had to be angry. So you had to be tough. You couldn't show fear. So it, what what is the point? What is what is uh, the purpose of your anger? Yeah. And if it, if there's really no purpose, we're going to talk to you about then what you need to be doing instead it. of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think about keeping a, sorry, a, a journal about your outbursts? Mm-hmm. You recommend that? We, we talk about journaling for everything. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can determine whether, you know, it's because you're, what is it, the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, are you likely to bust out in anger if you're any of those things? And whenever you do a journal and you can start looking for that, you can go, yeah, I didn't eat. I was already hangry. Mm-hmm. You know, angry. was I angry about something else? And I let something kind of grow it. You know, am I feeling any of those emotions that go with being lonely? You know, so did I overreact because of these things? And was I, did I not sleep at all? And everything is too big. Which is happening a lot right now, during mm-hmm. ever since the beginning of 2020, really, mm-hmm. where everyone's sleep schedule's off, mm-hmm. work schedule, everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then, once again, whenever you're journaling, you're keeping up, you know, I got my butt chewed out at work today because of something I didn't do, and I came home and I yelled at my wife and my kids, mm-hmm. even though they had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So then you can start trying, you know, okay, so on the way home, I'm going to take off the work hat, I'm going to put on my dad and husband hat or wife. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever, the, both hats, whatever it is, whatever you got to do, and you're, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to really take some deep breaths. And so when I walk in, I am just the role that I'm meant to play at home. So it is. I mean, it's vast, you know. And working with somebody that has a true anger problem is very rewarding because whenever they get it and they might turn the corner, it's pretty amazing. So maybe someone who. I'm not the expert, just asking the expert here, but maybe someone who is um, ha- is dealing with an issue and has a problem at work, mm-hmm. would it be a good idea to recommend maybe go find something to before you come home, 10-minute walk, something oh, yeah. that just gives you that transition period? Because I know when you're, when you're dealing with work and then all, all of the things that are going on now and, you know, responsibilities mm-hmm. of the world as an adult and you walk in you might walk in a house and uh, you get hit with it anyone that's there whether it's your wife your mm-hmm. stay-at-home husband whoever it is i don't know a girl can dream <laughs> your, your kids and they're like at, at you, you immediately mm-hmm. either they have problems or mm-hmm. questions or anything and you just need a t- time mm-hmm. i mean i can see why mm-hmm. that might be an issue in in that pressure cooker Yes, we're therapists are all therapists. Therapists are always, please erase that, (laughs) always big on talking about transitions, how important they are to be fair to yourself and fair to other people. My husband used to come in, you know, the kids would be waiting for him at the door and he'd say, let me let me get out of my work clothes and get into my shorts or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So, you know, he would go in there, you know, he would sit down on the bed, take his clothes off slowly some days, you know, and I would always just say, leave him alone while he's changing, because that way, whenever he came out, he's ready to fully engage in certain Mm -hmm. things. 
things. And let's remember, what is it, uh, you know, back in the 50s or 60s, Dad walked in, he read the newspaper and had a somebody scotch and water, somebody brought him yeah. a drink, and then he was ready. So that far back, we, we knew that there was an importance of Transition. transitions. So, um, yes, always transition. And when you don't, you just exhaust yourself. Because you're just going from one thing to the other. That seems so important to me, just to have those transitions between mm-hmm. stressors. Because mm-hmm. you can really, especially now, in it, to me, while we were in the period of quarantine, we didn't have a lot of transition. Every day ran mm-hmm. into one another, Agreed. and then mm-hmm. you didn't, um, you're seeing the same people every day. It was like Groundhog Day, and, you know, I mean, there's only so much, like we said, banana bread you can make, and... Yep. Um, you're missing your social interaction, and so yeah, there wasn't a lot of transition. So I think that's given us a little bit of a build on some of the anger from other emotions that we've experienced, like the isolation and mm-hmm. a little bit of loneliness, and maybe just different fears and sadness. So that okay. that builds into anger, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, it does, because it turns it's frustration. Mm. And it's anxiety. And it's when is my life going to go back to the way it was? I liked it better back then. And then if you hit Groundhog Day over and over again, and then it layers and layers and layers. And then one of your kids breaks your favorite candy dish. I'm just saying. You know, then it's like that's the thing that could tip the scale. Or your wife or your husband forgets that they're supposed to be bringing home milk, you know. And and in and of itself, it's such a small thing. But it's the cumulative effect that can then just turn you what, did, what advice would you give to someone who is noticing that their partner mm-hmm. is, has become more angry? Mm-hmm. And this, that's hard. It's like I said at the beginning. If you have the kind of relationship that in which you could say, I'm concerned because this is what I'm seeing. And that you don't have to worry about they're going to say, oh, I'm not the crazy one here. I'm not the one with anger management problem. You're the one with anger management problem. It doesn't make them more angry. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so find, pick a time whenever you, if, if they bring it up, if they're like, you know, I've really got to, I've really got to do something because I got in trouble at work today or I've noticed that my friends are not wanting me to be a part of, you know, maybe what they were, just say, okay. Just like with anything else, if you have an issue, let's find a well, you know solution, and you know therapy can help this. So having you know be, just being self aware, and that's really probably the biggest part of it is you know recognizing that you do have a problem, and then wanting to make the change, and then being willing to put in the hard work because you, you, know, you have to have be putting up stop signs because whenever you get angry and you usually go one way you're going to have to put a stop sign that says no this is we've cut off this avenue you've got to go to a healthy coping skill so, so just like all the roads in midland exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which make you angry we need an emotional inventory mm-hmm. journal i think mm-hmm. maybe a good we do a a session on that mm-hmm. i think that would be what does that mean i don't know i mean just i think um, i we could have a journal or maybe a calendar and write down the emotions that are heightened. Didn't mm-hmm. you? You mentioned something about an inventory, but on your mm-hmm. anger. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different emotions. Yeah. I just think that would be an interesting yeah. way to have some uh, introspection, self awareness. And it's just like anything else. Whenever you're going through anxiety or depression or anything else, whenever you're going. This was a good day. What made this day different than the other day? And when you can look back, if you've kept a journal or an inventory, you can go, ah, this was it. I started the day off with this. Mm -hmm. I had a flat tire, and I had to wait for somebody to come and get me and get me to work or whatever. So you can then the next day you're like, I really have no reason to be angry because I got to work on time. I had a great day at work. I came home. We had my favorite meal and whatever. So you're really just trying to 
see what makes good days and what makes bad days. Whenever you have a pattern of what makes your day bad or makes you angry, then you th- we know how to attack it. So, yeah, it's important that you have that inventory. If you can get some people to do it. I don't journal. You have to want get, to. You have to want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I don't journal. Mm-mm. That would make me angry to journal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get up on journaling? What advice, Christy, would you give to someone, a coping mechanism? What would you give them right now who is feeling angry? What would you, something they can do right now? I think the first thing that I would tell somebody would be a, you know, to name exactly what's going on. Don't just say, I'm angry, I'm angry. You know, if you're really angry, that's fine, but kind of dig deeper. What is really going on? Were you embarrassed because you weren't prepared at work? Did somebody call you out for, you know, not doing something? Um, and I know this is more than what you really wanted to hear. No, it's But, um, you know, a coping skill right now would be get out of your house, go for a walk, clear your mind, you know, and try to change your frame of reference and come back and try to be in a different place. That's, that is the easiest. You can always get out of the situation that you might feel like it's feeding. So to go get a walk, uh, go f- to take a walk or go get a drink of water, go sit on your back patio and listen to the birds, pet your dogs, your cats, whatever it might be. It's, I think it's, it's kind of nice to get away from your normal space to yeah. like go to the Sibley mm-hmm. Center or to, yes. the, mm-hmm. to another nature area mm-hmm. or a park or... Get in your car and drive and listen to the music. Yes. Displacing yourself from the place. That if I sit right here, it's going to grow and grow and grow. I've got to take my mind off of that. So, And then in the process, you're retraining your brain to not sit in the middle of that, but to make a move. I, I saw Christy kind of lose it earlier today. Oh, do tell. I'm going to have to share. <laughs> so when we were doing our, our Zoom news... <laughs> Christy's all, she's very serious and and talking about this very serious topic. And there's a fly that's just kind of hanging out and zoom right in front of her and just wouldn't leave her alone. And so she, she like tried to swat it and broke her ruler. I did break my ruler. (laughs) And then you know what the fly did? Landed on my nose. (laughs) Okay. It was so funny, but I'm like, oh, you broke your ruler in during the anger discussion. 2020 is that fly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 2020 is that so fly. True. It just kept zoom, 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 zoom. I know. It was zooming on the zoom, zoom. Yeah. So. Do you have any unique or interesting coping mechanisms? Um, let's see. Unique or interesting. Since you've been doing this a really long time, I'm sure you've you've heard of some rather unusual coping techniques. <laughs> Okay, so maybe the most interesting thing I can think of are the people who you feel like they need to bring into play something that changes their feeling. So like if you're feeling angry and you're flustered and you're, you know, whatever. So they, I have have a person that does hot wax and puts his hands in hot wax because it's like a you know because sometimes his um go-to was to swat at his kids or at his wife or whatever and he was just like these are you know these are my um i can't remember what he called them but these are the things that do damage to the people i love so he would whenever he was feeling like that he would turn it he had these paraffin baths and he would get really hot and he'd stick his hands he in there them at home mm-hmm Oh, that's kind of And he would put his hands in that hot wax. I mean, not to burn himself, but it was just a reminder to stop thinking about that and then to have that so then he could not use those. I think that's a little extreme, 
it worked for him, yeah. and you know, he, and that was not a recommendation of mine. He came yeah. up with it. I said, you're going to f- have to figure something out, and that's what he did. But that's kind of the most extreme that I know of, you know, of a coping skill that you know somebody's done it. Uh-huh. Then I've had people, whenever they're in the middle of something and they're going to lose it, they'll try to say the alphabet backwards or count from 100 backwards. Oh, that would make me even more mad. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do that without contemplating. <laughs> I would be like, no, well, I'm, angry. I'm really angry now. Know, that's the point. Because whenever you're using your mind and you're thinking about it, you're also slowing your breathing. You know, and just like whenever we did the five, you know, things for anxiety or for the five things to, you know, that you see, hear, smell, touch, taste or whatever. The grounding. Right? The grounding uh-huh. exercise. You know, once again, whenever you slow your heart rate down and your breath rate down, then your anger goes down as well. So, you know, just coming up with some of some it's of a, those It's things. a distraction. It's really. a distraction, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. good. We all need a little distraction. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that love animals like we do, just going to pet your dog or something. Now, there are those people that are very angry. They'll walk out the door and kick the dog because they're going to take it out on somebody, so I never recommend that. But, um, you know, if you can go out and pet your dog or take your dog for a walk or something like that just you need to know the things that do soothe you and that's part of what we do what is relaxing do you take a bath do you read a book do you listen to music do you go for a walk do you pet your dog you know and everyone's different and everyone's different you know do you make a glass of tea do you sit on your back patio do you phone a friend you know whatever it might be You're, you're so right everyone's different so remember that and reach out to centers if you feel like you can't anger is something you can't deal with on your own um, they could definitely help mm-hmm. you with those anger issues. Mm-hmm. And please remember to be kind to your mind during these troubling times. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.